For over 28 years, Aflac has been a champion, donating over $168 million to fight pediatric cancer and blood disorders, including sickle cell disease. This December, Aflac proudly joins 97.1 Wash FM and Children's National Hospital for the annual Wash for Kids Radiothon. Mark your calendars for December 14th and 15th for a heartwarming 14-hour live broadcast where you can join Aflac in their efforts to support the miracle work happening at Children's National. Save the date, tune in, and be a part of something extraordinary with Aflac. Hi, this is Krillin, and this is Usopp, and you're listening to The Geek Show! Six o'clock, and welcome to the Geek Show. Hi, how's everyone doing? We're doing all right. Doing, doing pretty good. good. <laughs> pretty spiffy. Pretty spiffy. Yes, yes, indeed. Spiffy. I like that word. Spiffy's a good word. We're joined today by uh, James and his motley crew from NemoCon. Hey. How are you doing? James is a little bit ill, so he's trying not to talk too much. Yeah, he's just saying that because he, he knows that he's outpowered by the women today. Yeah, yeah we we're, we're outnumbered today, James. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta beat him later. I'll beat him later <laughs> in the kitchen. <laughs> beat him in the kitchen. <laughs> no, put him in the kitchen, then beat him. Because, you know, men have to do the, everything. He has to make my sandwiches. Yeah, make the yeah. sandwich. <laughs> make the sandwich. 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 Okay. Um, right. Uh, quick introductions. Uh, there's me, Rob. Morty is joining us today. Hello. Um, there's no Phil, no Harry, no Momo, no Becca, because they're all busy. Abandoned. Yeah. Uh, abandoned. Uh, we're all alone, Momo. Uh, Morty. Momo? Morty? Begin with them. I'll let you off. Yeah. But we are joined by James and by... Cat. Cat. Sammy. And Gia. Right, um, we are going to move into our news section. First up is uh, Apple have finally released the iPad 3. And before we talk about whether it's still newsworthy, we'd like to announce the iPad 4 is also coming out and the iPad 5. 
<laughs> Pardon me while I, you know, contain my excitement. Yeah, um, we're just going to beat everyone to the punch there. So yeah, is the iPad, you know, are these, is it still news? You know, do they still have to kind of, does everyone have to go crazy about the latest thing from Apple? Wow, Apple, latest things uh, about that. Um, I remember when they kept releasing the iPod Nano, and I, after a while I just stopped caring because it was just a different sized square each time. <laughs> and this is probably the same case with the iPad. I guess it all depends on how big a fan you are of these things. I mean, like, some people will get really hyperactive about new console releases, some people about, you know, you know, new technology has its own fan base, I guess, and Apple has a really big fan base. Yeah, <laughs> this is true. Well, I've lost my interest in Apple after I managed to washing machine and tumble dry my iPod Nano, and it no longer works. <laughs> if it's not washing machine proof, I'll get a Sony. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. <laughs> is it just me that thinks that... Apple's sort of iPad demographic now is the balding 40-year-old male. They seem to be the only What are you trying to say? <laughs> <laughs> All the hipster kids, to be fair. Oh, A lot of hipster kids. James, we're suddenly hipster kids now. <laughs> James doesn't have one or want one. for yourself. I'm not 40 yet. Yet. <laughs> yet. <laughs> You're in my age bracket. I know that much. Hey, hey, I got asked if I was under 25. Can you say that? I got ID'd for a lottery ticket. <laughs> <laughs> You've just been pound, James. Pound. Wait, wait, I can top this. I got ID'd trying to buy The Little Mermaid on DVD when Zavi was open. What? <laughs> I was 18. How does this work? He it's, asked me if, uh, if my mum was around because it might be a bit scary for me. <sighs> wow. Yeah. Wow. Good job, Zavi. <laughs> There's a reason you're I am at a loss anymore. for words. <laughs> That's a rarity for me. <laughs> right, moving on. Apparently the first law of thermodynamics does not apply to this LED, which uh, is supposedly 230% efficient. That's it, new impossible. Yeah. You just had a look at this article, didn't you, Marty? Yeah, it's um, certainly a thing. It just kind of, um, if they started using them in anything that needed light, it would just do amazing things for kind of, you know economy and money and energy and oil prices i don't know <laughs> just they won't potential. do that though they maybe it might do well you know if the energy people ban it or you know stop it or block it in whatever way they can do probably not but i can imagine the price of electricity bills for those one single led it's hard enough as it is at the minute <laughs> You'd be like, put it on for three seconds, 300 quid. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> but Surely then, the bills would be lower. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking that, yeah. though, Canara. I thought the bills would be it's lower. Yeah, they would be, it's very, very efficient. So. Well, it depends how much it costs. The tax I guess so, yeah. yeah. It how, much how much would it cost to produce yeah. each LED, though? Because oh that's the thing that usually stops tech like this from getting out there, is that... The production cost. It'll save you a whole unit. fifty pounds a month. Unfortunately, it costs two hundred pounds. Yeah, I'll keep my fifty quid. <laughs> long term, long term. Is this term like the uh, genetically engineered beef burgers that cost like two hundred thousand pounds? Yeah. <laughs> Just yeah. for one. Yeah, it's a bit like that. But that's science for you. Always coming up with ideas that aren't really of any use right now. Moving on. Apparently, wearing a lab coat makes you smarter. I love this story. Well, has anyone seen Dexter's lab? It worked for Dexter. 
I totally wanted to be Daxter when I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. Today is a great day for science. (laughs) (laughs) Do you know the weird thing about this story is that if you are told that the white coat that you're wearing is related to science or the medical profession or something like that, then then apparently you start concentrating more. But if you're told it's just a normal white coat or it's a white coat that, you know, just happens to be in fashion right now, then you're just the normal you. It's like the whole um, things of colour, like football teams that wear red are more likely to win. I'm not a football fan, but um, it's been proven that that colour of red like shows power and like strength. So it's just like, it's little things like that. Telling someone that it's powerful makes them feel it. Really? Kind of a, kind of a nerdy mm. reference. Uh, some people did research into statistics on Team Fortress 2, and they found <laughs> that the red team consistently won more because red is a scarier color and all the blue team got intimidated by it. It's just, psychology is weird. Yes, psychology is colors, very weird. Colors, man, colors. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> colors are powerful. Colors are powerful things. I, I just had this flashback to my student days, so we won't go there. Let's not. Yeah. Um, <laughs> robot revolution. The U.S. Navy comes up with some really weird ideas. Last time I, we looked at them, they were testing a railgun from BAE Systems. Now they want to teach robots how to throw fire extinguishing grenades. I have a problem with this because... For a second, I honestly thought you were going to say teach robots to fire rail guns, and then I was officially <laughs> going to just leave the planet. I don't want to live here anymore. I want to know how... Well, it won't, it's a matter of time. It's only a matter of time. They're teaching them to throw grenades. Of all the things you want to teach a robot, throwing grenades is not one of them. Any sort of grenade. Let's just give them full files on human anatomy and be done with it. Yeah. All the surgery robots have that already, so they just need to collaborate (laughs) (laughs) where best to throw a foamy grenade on a person. I can just imagine like a heart transplant going wrong and just put the grenade in your chest. (laughs) That one's a bit left field. (laughs) (laughs) Teaching surgery robots how to throw grenades. That's a new one. How to surgically insert grenades. <laughs> <laughs> well, the Russians, try, the Russians tried to uh, teach dogs to blow tanks up. In World yes, War they II, did. And that wasn't very successful, so let's hope they're a little better with their robots. Because <laughs> the dogs kept urinating on the tanks. No, it was because the rot dogs had been taught to run underneath Russian Oh, tanks. yes, yes, I remember that. So unfortunately, on the battlefield, they had a tendency to run underneath... The Russian Times. <laughs> <laughs> All right, quick hello to uh, Momo and Harry. Harry is on the Twitter. Momo's in the shout box on the website. <laughs> Hi guys. Rob Curtis, uh, how are you? And to Tom Cross. Rob Curtis! Sorry, Rob Curtis gets extra special love. <laughs> Don't question <laughs> me. Sorry, just... The, the slow motion head turn stare. <laughs> <laughs> the questioning stare, I think it was... <laughs> You know, uh, it was just the special love. Special just highs. Special hellos. Oh, right. Does that, does that make you raise less eyebrows? Yes, it does. Does that lower, ratchet them down a little bit? Yes, it does. <laughs> I've got to stand in for everybody, which means I've also got to stand in for Harry's um, dodgy innuendo that he doesn't actually realise he's saying. In your endo. Oh, God, not you as well. <laughs> <laughs> well you said this yourself as a quota to maintain. <laughs> yes. It's like a checkbox. <laughs> And for anyone playing the drinking game, Skyrim. Oh. Minecraft. There you go. 
Angry feminism. And hashtag, hashtag the geek show. There you go. There's four shots for you. <laughs> right, moving on. WTF award. Electric underpants and shocked posteriors. Um, what well, had you say uh, about that? Gia said something so interesting before. Um, if they were actually to, like, tone your backside, I would actually buy them and just wear them to bed. I would have a fine posterior then, but they're not. They're to prevent bed sores. Thing is, like slightly like less sexy, a lot less sexy. This isn't a new idea. Has nobody seen the film The Road to Welver with Anthony Hopkins? Yes, I have. Exactly. This isn't new. They were doing it back in the you know the turn of the century exactly. in American health villages. But now they have it all in one unit. It's By the way, all... guys, you need to watch that film. It is hilarious. Yes, just you'll scene. never look at, look at yogurt the same way again. <laughs> just for the scene of Anthony Hopkins telling his friend that uh, he's letting the side down because he's just had a heart attack. <laughs> yes, anyway, um, they're called Smart E-Pans. Oh, dear. Yeah, I know. Grown. They apparently stimulate the movement and blood flow artificially. Uh, <laughs> they look like a normal set of briefs, but they've got electrodes embedded in them. And they deliver a supposedly painless current every 10 seconds for 10 minutes. In the words of Douglas Renham from IT Crowd, curse these electric sex pants. <laughs> <laughs> it does sound like some sort of weird um, bedroom. Yeah, I imagine that might find a use somewhere. Some well, niche market will just buy out all the stock. <laughs> surely if it's like those weird ab toning belts, what you need like ridiculous amounts of conductive gel. So if it's if it's used for like preventing bed sores and things like that and circulation, well, it'd be like going to bed in a giant booger. Yeah, oh. <laughs> a, a, a slight, so a slightly it. painful, rather itchy one as well. Also, how would you sleep? Because I don't know about you, but when I'm having my butt electrocuted, I don't often drift <laughs> off very easily. Yeah, I don't know about you guys, but. I can see these being bought by disgruntled wives who up the voltage and make remote control. So I think this is a bad plan. Yes. <laughs> Be a good anti-snoring aid, though. You should give it a school trim and keep them awake in class. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you pay attention, put up the electrodes. Fair enough. Right, moving on. Uh, we've actually got three WTF awards this week. Uh, homeless Wi-Fi hotspots. Oh, this is cruel. <laughs> this is hilarious. This is immense. <laughs> I think it's interesting, but I do think the way that it's all being worded is a bit, is a bit sad. Yeah. <laughs> Does yeah, someone want to explain what it's all about, though? Um, basically, you have to stand next to a... You pay homeless a homeless person. person a small amount, and you stand next to them to access uh, like the internet. So you check your emails with a homeless person. <laughs> yeah. I can't it's imagine it casual. Just on. casual, you know, hobo, uh, hobo um, internet use. Yeah, isn't it going to be in in Lon- like London? It's in the cities, a city somewhere. I don't remember where it was. But to be fair, uh, at least they'll get a job. Yeah, and it's a good way of you know earning some money, and it's also I imagine quite well regulated, like the big issue one. So mm. I don't think it is that well regulated because oh, it's only six people, isn't it? Sorry? It's only like six people, isn't it? It's only like six people, but apparently you only pay them however much you think. Oh. So it's oh. not like a set amount. That, so you yeah. could just stand Give there and just piggyback. Yeah. yeah. Oh, well, that's rubbish. <laughs> that's yeah, you might want to rethink that one, I think. And they're all given T-shirts that say, I am a, wife, a Wi-Fi hotspot. What <laughs> if you kidnap him? 
What if you kidnap them and just run them around the city? Or, oh, sorry, I am a 4G hotspot. hotspot. They're 4G hotspots, I should say. Wait, I should wait, how does this work then? Have they got like a transmitter embedded in them? Or do they just carry... I think they just, you know, carry around. it with them. Well, why don't they just... Like, there's nothing to stop them from just going flogging it. Yeah. Selling the this 4G hotspot. Yeah, just... No, you could get so much money if you sold it. Yeah, you get loads. Yeah. You might get more money if you just sit there. I can see these guys working with the grenade-throwing robots. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to get a grenade-throwing throwing robot, dress him up as a ho- hobo, use him as a... Wi-Fi hotspot. Yeah. Um, and then wake up with grenades for hearts. Yeah, make him put the underwear on as well. Electro underwear so he keeps kicking it charged. It would be like Duracell. Yeah, yeah. Cell. There you go. Pencil charge him, and it, he'll be forever on Wi-Fi hotspot that throws grenades. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the mad world of Sammy and Gia. <laughs> <laughs> right, um, moving on. Uh, just a quick hello to uh, an emo panda. Hello. And to Jacob Afro guy. And our final WTF award, and this one's genius. Take one a day to cure your racism. <laughs> That would yeah. so totally work, obviously. No. <laughs> well, it's, isn't it just a beta blocker, which uh, it just calms you down? It sounds yeah. like a placebo, really. It's not a placebo. It's it's just lowers your blood pressure. It sounds it. like diazepam. Just like, it just takes you to melt. Everyone should just drink oh, tranquilizers. That's what they're saying. The best thing about this, though, is it's researchers at Oxford University. So, obviously, it's absolutely correct, and we should all listen to what they say. Oh, they also, they took 36 white males, so the biggest study group in the world and the most varied, so I'd definitely not look into this. Yeah, 36 part. white males are given half 40, grams, 40 milligrams of propranolol and half a placebo. Then after two hours, they were made to categorize words like happy and evil and also black and white people's faces. There was statistically, rel- Statistically, enough difference in the groups to lead scientists to believe that the drug can actually have an effect on racial bias. That sounds like I can't even. Do you know what that's more like? No. It's more like I've taken happy pills. Yeah. I love everybody. Yeah. I mean, they <laughs> I really love you guys right now. They should have got one of each and every single like like every everyone on the planet then tested it like well, from every single country. Origins. More than 36, anyway, and yeah. more ethnic backgrounds, I think. Yeah. Oh, definitely. <laughs> so, yeah, you're going to pluck someone out of Iraq and then from, like, uh, the redneck woods of America in the same room and then hope that these pills work. <laughs> but it's okay, because the Daily Mail are going to come out soon and tell you that the pills cause cancer. <laughs> <laughs> nice one. Nice one, they will sponsor the campaign. <laughs> yes, uh, what was it? Everything, including being alive. Or being dead. I don't know about you, but the, the 4G hobos, I'm fairly sure they'll give you cancer. <laughs> Back to the underpants people? Yes. <laughs> Electric Quite. bum cancer. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I think it's time for a song. And while I find the song, talk amongst yourselves. Uh, yeah. 
Pam. Yeah. How you doing? I feel sorry for that emo, emo panda person. But don't be emo. Pandas are meant to be happy and adorable. Eat Why? bamboo. And eat people's Why? faces. Why are you an emo panda? We need to know so that, you know, we can all collaborate and be you here know? for you in your yeah. time of need. Make sure <laughs> I mean, are, are you sad because like, you haven't found any other female pandas out there? Because there's not many. We're reaching out. This is, this is a radio intervention. Panda. Yeah. Oh, oh what? Should just take away his copies of my chemical romance CDs. No. <laughs> Why am I saying that? I don't like my chemical <laughs> romance. <laughs> just looked to you in a, the most puzzled way. A big bonfire. About I think it was the CDs. advert for Turkey on screen that's bugging me. Just um. send. The, just send the emo emo panda to university, <laughs> and it'll come out as a trendy panda. Trendy panda. Trendy Why panda. trendy? I've, most they just go through the phase, or they like just turn to normal people. Oh, maybe normal I'm, panda. Maybe I just look at the wrong universities, but most look like hobos. I think that's, that's <laughs> a hobo panda. I wouldn't say that coming out as normal. I just call that growing up. <laughs> right. I call it What's growing boring. <laughs> Fair enough. Hey everybody, this is Vic Mignogna, voice actor for shows like Dragon Ball Z and Full Metal Alchemist, Bleach, Naruto. Guess what? I'm a geek. I'm a geek just like you, so I want to see you listening to The Geek Show. And we're joined by uh, James Adams and his fellows from... Uh, well, not fellows. Ladies. Posse. His ladies. His ladies <laughs> from the Unicorn. I'm a lady. I'm a lady. <laughs> I'm a lady. No, I'm not. Again, <laughs> you do it again. This is, what happens when, this is what happens when the normal group aren't here. <laughs> I have to cover for everybody. He really is, guys, and he's in a dress. You really should see this. Oh, my it's God. It's, it's all pink and frilly. I'm obviously not wearing a dress. Obviously, he's led by. It's the tinsel wig. Just the tinsel wig. Oh. Tinsel really need to comb. <laughs> and the coconut bra. It's so stylish. He's got the Madonna going on there. Harry, they're picking on me. <laughs> he can't save you. <laughs> <laughs> there is a fundamental truth in that. <laughs> Right, moving on. Uh, Nemocon preview. James and uh, the rest of you, what can we expect from Nemocon this year? We're all pretty excited about it. You can expect awesome sauce. It's awesome going to be so- epic. Awesome sauce. Awesome, awesome sauce. sauce. It's like ketchup, but much, much better. <laughs> Think of the best condiment you've ever tasted. And imagine and it, it like times a million. It, yeah. is in, it is Middlesbrough, so is it essentially like garlic sauce? You yeah. will, you will <laughs> yeah. not feel like you're a Middlesbrough. Kind of, but a little bit like chilli sauce as well, except more chili awesome. Chilli garlic sauce. Chilli. Chili wow. garlic tomato barbecue. Something beautiful. Try this. We have to try this. Just mix all them together. Palmos. Oh, no. <laughs> Is that your contribution? Just, only, yeah. just palmos. I've, I've only been in Middlesbrough like what six months now, and I've never heard palmos in my life. And all of a sudden, nothing but palmos. Yeah. It's the way it should be. That, that's me. Didn't Sonia eat like two of them or something like that? Yeah, one of our team decided it would be a fantastic idea to take some of the best artists and guests in the whole of the UK to the con scene for a parlo. Learn <laughs> <laughs> to know the local culture. I know that. I, I know that lady. She's she's got a fine figure. Don't get me don't get me wrong. But I can't even put away that much food, and I'm overweight. I know this. <laughs> it's always the ones that surprise you. And it's usually the really skinny, tiny ones that just put away whole roast chickens, and you're just like, "What's wrong with you? Where are you putting it?" I don't don't remind me. One of my friends, he's addicted to KFC. He's addicted to fried chicken. He's built like a stick. He eats it. I get fatter. <laughs> <laughs> I eat salads. 
You look at a Mars bar and gain a pound. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know this. No, I wish. I, I wish. I, I wish. accidentally a whole Mars bar. So <laughs> anyway, uh, yes. So who's going to be on at Nimcon? Uh, <laughs> uh, we have, oh dear, um, Sonia Leong, um, who we've just mentioned, um, but um, Destiny Blue is returning. Ah, she come back? Yes, definitely. She's loads of fun. Uh, we have Chris Jones, who is our martial artist from last year, and Akemi Soloway, who's our culture Yay. expert. Um, we also have our cosplay guest of honour this year, but who is Angel Fee. So. She cosplays Tinkerbell like a boss. That is awesome. It that is Tinkerbell awesome. cosplay. Yeah, um, these cosplays are just... They're another level. They're really beautiful, and mm. she's so, so nice. So we're really excited to have her here this year. Yeah. yeah. Chris told me an interesting story last year about trying to break into Jackie Chan's office. <laughs> if you listen to the Nemocon special from last year, you'll hear that you'll hear that particular story. It's it's a marvelous story. <laughs> I just remember when I first met Chris properly. Um, I had to go on stage, and then I had to get his attention. So I went on stage, and there's me in a full um, Japanese elite address standing next to him. And everyone was telling me, "Oh look, there's a big frilly ninja coming to beat you up." And I was like, um, "I just want to use the mic for an announcement." <laughs> <laughs> this year we're uh, really consolidating and building on the stuff that we've done the last couple of years we've uh, pulled together our identity and if you have a look at our new website it does look it does look mega amazing. it is a very spiffy website so we check love it out the website. Yeah. we do have um, other people that we are talking to so we're hoping to add some more guests I'm not going to say who they are because uh, it would be a shame to well promote surprise. something that may or may not happen but uh, what we're looking really for this year is to make sure that we run the best con that we could have run so far with a view to uh, building our figures so that next year we can start getting in the voice actors and everything that we get asked for. Nicely Excellent. said, James. I mean, epically said. I mean, the whole event as well, we don't, you know, we don't get time for it. It's all, like, it's, I would just say, credit-wise, it's, it's James and Gia and the whole team. <laughs> we, we can't do it without the team. Yeah. It's not just James and Gia. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's James team. and Gia's baby. Yeah. Definitely James's baby. And they work so hard. And in the end, we're just so excited when it all comes together. And it's definitely going to be going to be worthwhile this year. It's going to be really good fun. And we're all quite excited and looking forward yeah. to it all happening. Well, I, I covered the uh, first two Nemocons, uh, myself. And I've got to say, the buzz from the crowd who attend is has been pretty phenomenal mm -hmm. the first year you know the first year everyone was really excited but last year was uh, just something else just you the know. northeast we, having something like Nemocon is we just actually yeah. have a really, really good like reputation around the country being one of the nicest cons which is really oh, yeah. nice I mean to be honest it's only just started out really and we already have like a really good reputation being really nice I think it's because we have um, a younger demographic than most of the conventions mm. so a lot of the people that go are fresh to the con scene and they get really enthusiastic about just meeting other people with the same interests. So, so you'd say you'd say it'd be a good starting point for yeah. going off to the London ones. It was and the, the first ones. con that I ever went to, um, and then since then, obviously, I've been off to MCM Expo, KitaCon, all the other conventions and things. So it is definitely a really good starter con. It's great to go back to year after year as well. It's just so it's got such a nice atmosphere there. It's so. got like everything as well. Loads of like Japanese culture, and almost every single like area yeah oh, it's it's the attendees and the enthusiasm they show that just makes all the work worthwhile totally. you guys rock yeah. <laughs> mama's just pointed out she took her friend to it to nimicon a couple of years ago and it was her first con 
Not Momo's, uh, I think. Or her friends, I think. Clarify that for me, Momo. <laughs> Yours are your friends first, Con. <laughs> I want to give a shout out as well to um, a personal friend of mine and an amazing artist who is um, starting to climb the the scene, the con scene. It's called Baggy. Um, she hits up oh, yeah. quite a few of the big cons. Yes. She's going to have a table at Nima and she's really, really psyched for it. She really enjoyed her last one. Um, Wasn't Baggy, Baggy there last year? Yes, she was there last year. Um, she said she enjoyed it thoroughly. All the people who went there, everyone who came up to her, bought something, or just, you know, came by for a chat was really friendly. Um, and she's going to be public, you know, sorting, uh, selling her artwork and stuff, and also her comic book, which is really good. We are, <laughs> we are actually really pushing art this year, something we're doing which is different. We've got our main group of artists will be in the dealer's area, so that's Sonia and the others. But uh, this year we're also doing a series of tables for up-and-coming artists, so people who aren't necessarily known around the UK and things. And what we're doing is we're giving them a chance to sit in the main hall, be part of the main buzz, be in front of the stage, and as people come in, they'll be able to see their things as well. So it's a chance really for uh, anyone who's looking for a way of getting into the scene to come along and have a look at what we do. See, I'm liking this. I'm liking this. One of, the th- one of my pet gripes about kind of the UK industry, per se, is the fact that it's so difficult. There's such kind of a high-bound mentality the closer you get to being a professional. And if you're an amateur, it's much more difficult for you to get noticed. So mm-hmm. having something like that, well done. It is. Um, it's always good to have. I mean, I've, I'm a novice compared to a couple of other people, I could say, but I've dealt at... Um, one of the MCM Expo cons before. And just, you know, having the opportunity to sit down and sort of just figure out what you need to do, it's kind of, it's intense and a little bit scary, but having the opportunity at something like NEMA, especially if you're local, so you haven't got to travel to London or Birmingham or Manchester, um, just, you know, figure out what you want to do and come and try your hand at, you know, getting on the, on the ladder to yeah, definitely. do what you want to do. Well, well, at the end of the day, NEMA has always been and always will be about the community first and foremost. That's what we do, and that's what we'll always do. Excellent. So tell me more about this Mad March pre-con, then. That's that's my job. That's that's my little baby. Basically, um, uh, sort of last year, James and Gia approached me and said, look, we want to do some slightly smaller events throughout the year, so that people know about NemaCon and so that people can get to know each other before coming to the big event, especially our, obviously, younger demographic, our um, under-14s and our 14-pluses. So uh, we ran a winter social, and mm. that went quite well. Uh, people really enjoyed it, had a fun time, and we thought, right, well, we'll run one in spring as well. And so the Mad March pre-con's happening, and that's on Saturday... And it's going to be at St. Mary's Centre in Middlesbrough. Um, not too far from the train station or anything. It's opposite like the job centre. Yeah. Classy as hell. <laughs> 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 so you could have said it's opposite Doc Brown's instead. Or opposite yeah. of, uh, or yeah. any of those. But this being Middlesbrough, and more people know where the job centre is. Yeah. <laughs> Zing. <laughs> Depressingly, we are the number one city in the UK for poverty, guys. Yeah, yeah it's true. Obviously. But, um, yeah, it's obviously Alice in Wonderland themed, and so the whole staff's being dressed up. Yes, even you, James, whether you like it or not, we are putting hats on you, and you're just going to have to deal with that. Hey, I'm going to wear a feather hat and call myself the Jabberwock. 
Okay, fine. You do that. A yeah. feather hat. The Jabberwock has feathers. What's your problem? Okay. I think James is trying to tell us something. Yeah. He wants to be Big Bird. There's, like there's, there's, there's very strange thoughts going on in my head there. <laughs> da, 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 da. We'll make it Big Bird. And that's new, new because, Rob? <laughs> it's always happening. It's nothing new. Yes, so it's Alice in Wonderland themed. Wonderland? Wonderland. <laughs> Wonderland. Wonderland themed. Yeah, it's St. Patrick's Day as well. And of course, we're having like our usual cosplay masquerade. So people just come in your cosplays, have fun, join in. You can even dress casual or in like Japanese fashion, whatever you want to do. Just come and chill. It's going to be a nice day. And all the staff will put like 120 million percent into their outfits. So you can be like, hi, I'm a staff member. Yeah. Do you think something like this is, will become a regular thing for, you know, outside of the standard convention? It would be nice, but it takes a lot of work. Um, mm. I think we're going to see how this kind of goes and then evaluate it afterwards, I'm assuming. Well, um, obviously, Cat does most of the work, but uh, we'll hope to work more closely with Cat to um, tailor them to fit more closely with the main event. Mm. So, And hopefully, we, d- we don't know where we're going, actually. <laughs> but, yeah, that's something to be talked about for the coming year. Well, it'd be grand if it works, you know, if there's regular events like this, because... It's something that this area lacks. Mm. Well, obviously, the main focus for us is making sure the main event runs smoothly and to the highest possible standard, which it has been and it will be because of the awesome team of awesome. But, um, yeah, I think we're going to see how this one goes and hopefully, hopefully there'll be more in the future. But we're most excited sort of to let people know that We are still here, we are still doing the convention scene, we're really excited for this year, and if people have never been to NemaCon or never been to a convention, and they want to come down to the Bad March pre-con, we'd absolutely love to have them there. We're going to have some uh, retro gaming tournaments, going to have some old school sort of Victorian entertainments, like um, just basic games, going to have a classy egg and spoon race. Huzzah. <laughs> um, See, you mentioned Victorian. It's a good thing Harry and Phil aren't here because they'd immediately go off on steampunk. Yeah. Uh, An important question to ask is, will there be cake? And oh, tea? there will always, there be, will cake. always be cake. Very yeah. important. You, there's going to be Lolita's there, so you can't have like cake without liters. It doesn't make sense. We are the cake brigade. Exactly. <laughs> Okay, you are going to have to clarify the Lolita's thing just um, because sorry. we are on broadcast radio. <laughs> All right, um, Jap- Japanese fashion, well, the Gothic Lolita fashion, Komeo's Lolita for short, is a Japanese fashion known throughout Japan, well known in America and the UK. In fact, of like. The movement's spreading in this country, yeah. isn't it? There's actually there's a shop open in Manchester, there's, there's loads of shops in London and in uh, Camden Market. It, it's nothing to do with, like, the book or anything. It's actually just about dressing elegant and beautiful, a bit like, um, what would you say? Um, I'd say kind of, like, short and sort of Victorian historical styles, um, late Victorian Edwardian, some Regency, definitely some influence from Rococo for the more over-the-top outfits. Do you know, you sound like you're off the Antiques Roadshow now. I would describe it kind of as goth, meets Japanese schoolgirl meets Victorian? Uh, no, no. I just no. see that like, there's little, little short that, dresses and shorts. It's, it's, no. it's not short I, I think that's all, more goth lolly rather yeah, than yeah. just... Well, okay. not even oh, that. Yeah, okay. There's millions of subsets and subcultures mm. of lolly fashion. Yeah. Basically, the main sort of line is to be um, elegantly dressed, 
and elegantly presented and things. And then, of course, the whole argument of lifestyle elite or just casual elite or whether or not you need to be prim and proper and like a lady Sounds when you're in it. Or whether you can be a man <laughs> or a tree. But it's a huge community and it's beautiful There's you do so see it a lot say. especially if you go to like the um the bigger conventions i'm assuming even if you go yeah. anywhere near nema when it starts you'll just go oh that's what lolita is in uh, middlesbrough <laughs> actually this regular um culture like lolita meets about so if you see us like hanging about you know you might want to say just, hi yeah just come yeah. up and say hi in fact, in fact we, yeah. we have a facebook group which is the middlesbrough and cleveland lolita so if you want to search it just have a look around yeah um and also you know i wish you could see us today because like me and georgina are actually in our dresses and all dressed up today. It's, it's a bit of a shame because we'd be like, yeah, look, we're not pedo bait, honest. <laughs> oh, why did you go there? <laughs> why? Where's my Sorry. big book of Ofcom things not to say? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, quick hello to Tucky, who can't wait for Nemocon. Um, my name is Becky Krill, and you're listening to 104.5 CVFM, The Geek Show. Yes, uh, welcome back. This is 104.5 CVFM. You're with The Geek Show. And, uh, yeah, that was Incubus with Dig, a rather appropriate song there. Uh, <laughs> we do not talk. Yes. We've now gagged Sammy, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> right, <laughs> moving on, moving on. Uh, carrying on with uh, a more regular show, We're going into a games discussion. Who actually won the console war? Are you talking about the console war? The if console it was, war if between the Wii, one. the PS3, and the Xbox oh. 360. I thought you were talking about the, the Nintendo Sega one, because I think we know who won that one. That's yeah, that. that's kind of obvious. Yeah. I think generally that, for me, the PlayStation 3 wins, because the Wii is more of an exercise routine sort of machine. Xbox. I think. Oh, <laughs> oh, oh, oh. oh, we have an Xbox fan. I think this is this says, you know, we need to not treat this as which console is better compared to which one is doing I better. think um, I think generally that you know each of them have their own place exactly yeah. everything yeah, has benefits and everything has is they've all got pros and cons because yeah. we is the one that you turn on when you come home drunk with your mates and you're like oh my god let's do the dancey dance or if you've got children yeah, yeah. or if you're old <laughs> as well or if, if you fancy losing weight yeah. yeah or if you want to play some of the handful of extremely good games like no more heroes and pikmin mm. and mario warrior wear and blah 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 and the last story exactly yeah. so they have got a good catalog yeah. of games but it's a shame that nintendo have been pigeonholed yeah. that family console but then there's the xbox which has got the graphics capabilities and in the beginning was the one that had the exclusive games but has been pigeonholed as the boys console never chav's console it's not when you put pink sparkles on it <laughs> i guess so no then it's then it's the gypsy console I think the PlayStation. <laughs> sad, sad face. I think the PlayStation's a forever alone console because we love it. But every time anyone plays it, you're sitting there by yourself in a dark room, just like I'm playing Skyrim. I know the PS3 has got. I mean, oh my god, that Blu-ray player yeah. is really good. And that was exclusive. Really good. Well, the Blu-ray player is what ultimately killed off the Xbox with the HD drive. Mm. So sad. Yeah. <laughs> Sony won the format war on that front. Definitely. Just by putting a Blu-ray player with the PS3. I think the PS3 is definitely the one that I know is most popular among my friends. They, I have a lot of friends that have all of the consoles because they were like, oh, why should I just have one? Let's have all of them. I totally understand that argument. Yeah. <laughs> and I think that the PlayStation is definitely the more, the more saleable because of the Blu-ray and because of now, obviously, the things that were exclusive 
to Microsoft through Xbox, like, like Mass Effect, and Mass Bioshock. Effect, and Bioshock, and the Halo franchise. Things they're more playable on other things. Like most people who would be Xbox gamers think, well, why should I get an Xbox for my PC? Does it all? It so, also boils down a lot to all my friends have X, I yeah. will buy X. All my friends yeah. have Y, I will buy Y to play with them. Yeah. Um, I play Facebook games. you laugh but when you get right down to it Facebook actually won the console war because it is the biggest gaming platform in the world it dwarfs all the consoles by a long way but we won't go down that route because then I'll be annoying all the gamers and I'm about to annoy all the gamers again the Wii won the console war in terms of sheer numbers of sales yeah it kind of did 28 million more consoles sold than the next one, which was the 360. It sold and 97 now, million. Yeah, and now they're all sitting under somebody's cupboard not being yep. used. The number of people I know who've got Wii's who sold them or leave them sitting dusty, they're not used. This is they're true. They're bought for novelty value and then abandoned. But this Nintendo is, still got their money. This is the point. <laughs> Nintendo got paid. <laughs> At the end of the day, yeah. that's the end of the story. Nintendo got their, got their cash. They don't care whether you use it or not. They sold you it. That might be the case, but it's no victory. For them it is. It's a flawless victory. When you, when you <laughs> consider that they were still selling them for £100 new and they're like a six, seven-year-old console, that's fairly impressive. I saw yeah. a Wii the other day in a like, game or something and it was getting sold for £15 with the controllers and like three games. Probably second-hand though, admittedly, yeah. but new, 100 quid. I want to add to that. Uh, the fact that Sony and Microsoft ended up having to copy... We, uh, the Wii's interface. Yeah. <laughs> I remember when the Wii was announced and you had Sony and Microsoft saying, oh, motion controls are such a gimmick. We will never do this. We are dedicated to our console gaming. And then the Kinect and the Move came out and everyone just kind of looked at Sony over the rim of their glasses just like, excuse me? What, yep. are you, what, what is said? this? Have you ever tried to play Guitar Hero on the Wii? Yes. It's, it's terrible. Annoying. <laughs> it doesn't work. It's terrible. But <laughs> have you ever tried playing Guitar Hero with the professional guitar? Have you ever tried playing a Wii with any kind of motion controls yes. that you couldn't turn off and then stop playing the game and throw it away and was like, See, what is this? Do you, know, do you know the weird <laughs> it's thing? It's so irritating. I did the spend re- two hours on Skyward Sword just yelling, Link, yes. why are you face wrong way? <laughs> no, Link. Just sword thrusting up, in the general down. direction. <laughs> what? Just thrusting wailing. in the general direction. <laughs> <laughs> Trusting the controller, jeez. Uh, welcome, Harry. Yeah. <laughs> you got possessed for a And welcome to the last ever geek show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, anyway, moving on. The PS3 has surprisingly sold the least out of all the consoles. That's really surprising. But I think that's because Sony effectively shot themselves in the foot with the slimline console because they stopped the backwards compatibility. And all of those people who have massive PS2 collections, because there are a lot. You say this, but they only did backwards compatibility on one of the four fat models they produced. Yeah, I know. I've got one. So... And they're getting to be like gold dust these days. And they just break because they're they're like four years old. I was going to say games still sell them. And I was actually advised against buying one because of the number of them break. They are, they're like the first gen, so they are kind of, you know, four years old. I've got one of the US ones with the uh, emotion chip, not the firmware ones. They don't break that easy. <laughs> well, it's just, 
stuff breaks. And a four-year-old thing is much more likely to break than a one-year-old thing. Uh, oh, yeah, I, I remember the good old days when we used to have PlayStation 1s and then your, your, little br- your big brother would come over and steal your PlayStation memory card and then throw it outside the window and it would be fine, but then he'd decide to like pick it up and then destroy it as best he could so he couldn't use your save games. And I think for me, the idea of saving onto the actual system like with the PlayStation 3 is better, but the problem is that you can't, as I said before, you can't get your saves back off that poor abandoned memory card. This is true. Um, okay, then. In your opinion, then, which one is... The, well, we've already kind of gone over this, but what, what do you think is the better gaming machine? Xbox or a PC? I think PlayStation or a PC. I can't really comment on it. I don't play enough games, too. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I think James is probably going to say PlayStation 3 because he sits for hours playing Skyrim. Third time yeah. looking for those drunk PS- people now. Yes, PS3 we are. is beautiful. What? Skyrim is a truly wonderful Four times. Game. Yes. <laughs> but as somebody who lived with an Xbox for a long time, if it wasn't for the Blu-ray player in the PS3, I'd have got an Xbox. The Blu-ray player is a good selling point. Um, yeah. I own all of them. I play all of them. I love all of them. But I have a PC gamer pedigree. It's what I was raised on because my dad was like, console, no. Um, so even though that it has a huge list of flaws and, you know, PC gamers hate themselves pretty much because <laughs> you have to constantly upgrade everything and it doesn't work and then your PC dies, blah, 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 blah. PC gaming probably for me as a personal favourite. I agree. Just Nostalgia. Point and click adventures. Come on. Yeah, and also mouse keyboard. I'm sorry, I'm one of those people. It's, it's like, oh my god, like good. playing The Sims 2, man. Creation, man. Clicking the Sims mouse and everything. Oh my god, Sims 1. To agree with you, Diablo 3. Yeah. Sorry, I've gone to my special place. <laughs> You've gone to your so mind, Please give me Diablo 3. Just give it to me now, please. I won't hurt the puppy if you give it to me now. <laughs> give me Diablo 3. I still play Diablo 2 on my PC. And I yeah, still play Diablo 1. Diablo. <laughs> Diablo, man. And it will always be a PC game. Although yeah. my PC would die. Okay, then. Uh, I'm going to have to go with the PS3, simply because I own a lot of PS2 Ooh, and PS1 yeah. games. I own more than is good for me, I should mm-hmm. say. Uh, PS2, and I've got like hundreds. Let's put it that way. And I can play them all on my PS3. I, I agree. I mean, I've been like a massive Silent Hill fan. I've even got the tattoo of the save, one of the save points of Silent Hill 3 on my back. Yeah. And uh, I just like... I'm a Silent Hill fan, and it's always been the PlayStation for me for Silent Hill from 1 to even the horrible latest series stuff. I mean, don't get me wrong, I own the other consoles, it's just I prefer yeah. the PS3, simply because of the backwards compatibility. Mm. We have a Phil! It's he's a here. Phil! He's Phil here. has no seat or microphone, but he's here. Yes, he's here. <laughs> right, one quick question for you guys then, before we move into the next song. Your all-time favourite console? Current changing generation. the question that's on there. No. Oh, no. in general? All time. Oh, man. The Amiga Give me 5000. And it can be even handheld if you want. Sega Mega Dream. Mega Dream? Mega Dreamcast, sorry. Sega Dreamcast. Thank you. Sega Dreamcast. Sega Dreamcast. Seriously. I still play Sonic at my brother's house. Are you serious on that? Serious. You're not kidding me. I'm not kidding. My friend! (laughs) (laughs) When I was younger, me and my brother used to sit and play Sonic. We would just kind of sit there like in the dark of the night, just like, oh yeah, can't, can't, just can't compare. Just a quick, just a quick reply to Tom. Steam didn't win. Sorry. Um. (laughs) Yeah, sorry, Tom. Steam has redonkulous flaws. Oh God, Steam is awful. (laughs) <laughs> yes. it is great you know, uh, it's great and I love it but uh, it's still I've just got stupid. this mental uh, I know Phil out there is listening and going 
don't want to get in there and reply. <laughs> Harry is sitting fuming at home, so is Momo and to all the other Steam fans. <laughs> I love Steam and I'll give it its dues. <laughs> <laughs> Phil is being rude. He's a rude boy. Um, I don't know. Personally, uh, I don't know really. I don't have much love for any of the consoles because I, I came in so late to the kit, to the console gaming scene. But for a very large period of my life, I would have given like a kidney for a Sega Mega Drive. And then I got one, and then I got Sonic 3 and Knuckles, and that was it. Done. <laughs> done and dusted. All, all done. Fair enough. I came in later than that. I, I did not actually get any console until I was 12, so that was 2002. And I got a PS1, and I was like, ooh. Well, I did get my Mega Drive after the PS2 came out, oh, if that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was old. <laughs> ZX81. Leave it there. <laughs> Commodore 64. The wedge-shaped one. Uh, that's only because you're a few years younger than me. <laughs> Are you having an old off? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. This could get ugly. Surprisingly, uh, my, what my with the favorite... Zimmers? <laughs> <laughs> First ever Atari console. The one that Pong, uh, Pong came out on. I was a 90s kid, so like the, the Sega was just like epic for me. Apparently, my, uh, my older brother made the same noise as a Commodore 64 makes when it's booting up, as he, like, he made that noise when he was born. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty impressive. Yeah. Hang on. Who, who, he wasn't made by the US Navy and throws grenades, was he? No. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, no. Good day. I'm Graham Stark. And I'm Kathleen DeVere. We're from internet comedy powerhouse Loading Ready Run. And if you are listening to the radio expecting to hear about butts, you are listening to the wrong show. This is The Geek Show, which is much cooler but has far fewer behinds. You're looking for The Butt Show. It's on the other side. Yes, it is. It's on the other side. Nothing to do with e-pants or anything like that, by the way. Electric sex pants. No! (laughs) (laughs) Run away! (laughs) Okay, what are we talking about? Uh, movies. Seminal oh, cool. movie moments. Yay! What moments from cinema have stood out for you the most? I mean, what, when people ask you what's your favourite movie, you can automatically say, you know, this or that or whatever film. Live action films, not animated. Not on that section oh, yet. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> that's coming up. All right, fine. But, uh, yeah, the ones that stick out most in your memory are the ones that keep you awake at night. The, <laughs> for me, Easy. it's more... Horrifyingly, I want to pull out my eyeballs and never see it again and put my eyes in eye bleach. Was watching the Blood the Last Vampire remake. It was the worst thing I have ever saw in my life. And I remember watching the key moment that made me stay in my memory was in Blood the Last Vampire, the actual animation. The uh, the nurse was the key thing. She was like this old. She was this old, really kind nurse who was like helping everyone. And then they've replaced her with this. Teenage, I, I can't even say a word. Like, Dirtbag, baby. Yes, exactly. And I was like watching the scale. She was just like, ah, my life is hard. At top of her voice. It was just like, no, I hate it. I absolutely hate it. <laughs> Sorry. But she was. And that when, when she first came onto the stage, I really hated it. The redeeming factor, though, for that film is uh, Chris Jones, uh, the stunt guy that comes to Nemocon. He's... Uh, he did quite a few stunts in that. The action sequences are all right, but... Yeah, I love how the film looks like with the people in it, but the film itself was just like... It was, it was really depressing because I really like wanted to see it. 
James looks like he's itching to say something. Go Chris on. Jones dies 15 times in that movie. Yeah, I like Chris in this. I like Chris in this. Did you yeah. know it was Chris? Did, no. you, did you say they got that guy? That I knew guy. it was Chris. <laughs> he he looks familiar. Uh, I know him from somewhere. He looks familiar. Who is he? <laughs> oh no! It's because when I when I saw it after speaking with James, he told me, and I was like, "Oh my god, that's so cool!" See, I like the idea of the film, but I hated how badly it was constructed. Hang on, he dies fifteen times. Yeah. So he's a zombie. <laughs> yeah, 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 he's a he's zombie. He's a stunt double. So what he does, he lots, does a lot of the stunt parts uh, okay. and plays a lot of the vampires that get their yeah. head cut so off. So he says, but he's actually a zombie. Yeah, he's really a zombie. <laughs> Chris Jones is a zombie. It's that's why right, he's said. a zombie martial artist. Yeah. <laughs> I had a bit of an eye bleach moment the other day. I was watching TV on the weekend on Sunday or something, and uh, Son of the Mask was on. Oh, God, oh no. God, I had no. to see it through to the end because I'd already wasted half an hour of my life. And by <laughs> the end, I was just like, ah, seppuku. But then <laughs> I switched over and Hook was on and everything was better again. Because Hook is an amazing film and almost as otherwise is going to die a death, yeah, a special never, death. If you never want to waste that much time again on an awful film, never, ever, ever go and see Merlin the Return or Merlin 2000 oh with God. Rick Mail in it. But Went Rick to see Mayle? that at the cinema. There was me and my family, a four, and then three other people in the entire cinema watching this film. At the end, it was only me and my family because everybody else got up and left through disgust. <laughs> it is seriously the worst film I have ever seen in my life. Simply because it just... It, it has no even redeeming, overly cheesiness. It's we just... were talking about seminal movie moments, weren't we? <laughs> yeah, we kind of derailed a little bit. derailed a little... In a good movie moment from Thing, or in high school... I, everything about that I'm so sad I love the, the I love the live action or in high school I'm just yeah it's so flamboyant I love it um, <laughs> it's the is, hair isn't it that's it's what the, it is it's like. the hair it's fabulous <laughs> yeah I was about to say this probably speaks unfortunate volumes about our relationship but uh, the fact that Evil Dead 2 holds a special place in my heart <laughs> because of watching it for the like you know those first couple of moments when you're just getting together with a person in a relationship. Yeah. I think it was kind of like, hey, come over, we'll watch Evil Dead 2 and maybe make out a lot kind of thing. So Evil Dead 2 holds a very special place in my heart. Because, it sounds like the Which is really be. strange because it's Evil Dead 2. <laughs> it's it not does, the most romantic film in the world. It does sound like it wouldn't have been so much of watching the film as more, you know, it's in yeah. the background. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Best soundtrack ever. But yeah. It's a great film. On it's, it's still an amazing film. It regardless, is a film. when you actually watch it, without I love the bit with the shovel. I love the bit with the film. Yes. <laughs> it's it just every film. yeah every scene with uh, Bruce Campbell on his own. Every yeah, film being amazing. Bruce Campbell. I was about to say Bruce yeah. Campbell is uh, Bubba Hotter. Yes, exactly. I haven't it's seen that, but I want to. I have it. I, I will. I will. I will loan you my copy of it. Please do, because Bruce Campbell. Man. It, Bubba Hotter is amazing. Yeah, I think the best sort of film that I've seen, the best sort of movie moments for me in the last last few years or so, was uh, going to see Nightwatch when that came out, oh, yeah. the uh, Russian horror film, and seeing obviously the cinema version yeah. with the the subtitling and just the way that it was put together. Of course, it, it wasn't particularly true to the books or anything, but it was it was beautifully put together. It was just stunning, especially the. Um, the light fight sequences. 
they were they were pretty epic. Mm. Yeah. See, one of the ones that stood out for me was uh, you know the final fight scene in Equilibrium. Yes. That stood out for me because it was one of the first times I'd seen actually in a Western movie the, them actually using something that made sense. Mm. You know, yeah. with the guns and, you know, with the hand-to-hand combat, but mixing the guns in with it. I'm not talking about when he's doing all the somersaults. I'm talking about the actual hand-to-hand stuff. With it's a shame the rest of the film was a bit now. Yeah, the rest of the film, <laughs> it wasn't bad. And Sean Bean just, died again. Yeah, it was. He Way has to go, this Sean habit. Bean. Yeah. Book you Sean know. Bean. Sean Bean goes, oh, man, I've got to die on screen again. It wasn't a terrible film, but... It wasn't. The, it had some really good bits, but it's just a shame that everyone just went, is that... The one that's like the Matrix, and you go, eh, no. yes, sort of, but no. But Christian, uh, not uh, once does Christian Bale say, "I know kung fu." I'm Batman. <laughs> See, it would have been great if he said that. My parents are dead. If he said that in Equilibrium, that would have been amazing. And nothing but that. Yeah. Every line, I'm Batman. There's a, another Christian Bale film, actually, that's one of my favourites. It's The uh, the Machinist. That's good. Oh, one. we were going about to say American Psycho, and then no. I'd have to high-five you, because... What is it with me in really weird films? <laughs> Not weird films, but... Like, uh, the, yeah. Like, yeah, he, he, like, he's this skinny, and then the next movie, he's this big. Yeah, he didn't skinny. go on to... He went to The Machinist, and yeah. then he went to do Dark Knight, and it was just like, Jesus. Yeah. What? How? Um, and then <laughs> Teach he went, me your secrets. Then he went on to do The Fighter, where he went tiny. <laughs> yeah. Again. Uh, but, you know, he's very dedicated to his craft, and yeah. I love Christian Bale. He is, he is my husbando. What? I love cheeseburgers. Yeah. They're too delicious. We've heard very little from you. Uh, Yeah, my favourite film moment doesn't really fit in with the conversation. Uh, I've got to say my favourite film moment is a moment in Sabrina, which is a very old film, where she turns up at the tennis court in that amazing Hubert Givenchy dress. (laughs) <laughs> is this a girl film? I do actually know. Oh, girl film. It's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> Why does the name ring a bell? And I'm not even thinking of the teenage witch. That's all I'm thinking. No, I'm thinking. Which is awesome, yes. <laughs> Was this uh, like a 1960s movie or something like that? I think it, it's 50s. It's 50s. actually 50s, but it's an Audrey Hepburn movie. Yeah, I know it then. Film. I know the scene you're on about. Yeah. It's... So, uh, Rob, <laughs> did you see it at the cinema? Hey. <laughs> oh! <laughs> One of my closest friends is a massive Audrey Hepburn fan, and I've had to sit through all of them. Yeah, we have a massive like Audrey Hepburn fan. Like, well, I'm not as big as a fan as Gia, but I love Audrey Hepburn. And besides, Audrey Hepburn, yes, definitely. I mean, the the woman was stunning. <laughs> are you? Are you seriously? Are you, <laughs> did you yeah. seriously just on me? You just got Audrey Hepburn wood. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Good job, excellent. Don't Moving worry, don't on. Worry. I think everyone in this room would. If I had a time machine, yeah. yeah. Not yeah. right now. Yeah, not right now. What upsets you about that is that my sister, she was uh, going through like Next or some, some high street store somewhere and she was going through the home section and there was this huge print on canvas of Audrey Hepburn. She was like, oh, that's really pretty. I'm going to buy that and I'm going to put it in my bedroom, blah, blah, blah. And then I start talking to her about Audrey Hepburn movies and she's just like, who's Audrey Hepburn? And I just walk away. I turn oh, around I and hate I walk people away. Like that. <laughs> just, oh, she's really pretty. It's yeah. like girls she? that wear like, the band t-shirts and you're like, oh yeah, cool band. She's like, where'd you get it from? Oh, Topshop. I uh, had that when yeah, I went to see Who's Led Zeppelin? That was ridiculous. It's the, it's <laughs> the age old Ramones thing, you know, you can tell they're not a Ramones fan because the t-shirt's too clean. <laughs> To be fair, Brittany Spears did actually know Iron Maiden. 
She did, yeah. She was oh. an Iron Maiden fan. Well, you take that rage back. Just so you know, guys, I'm a, I'm a Britney Spears fan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> leave, leave Britney alone. I think it's time for some... Leave Britney alone! Yeah. <laughs> In chorus. Oh, no. Have you seen Chris Crocker now? Yeah, oh my God. <laughs> what, hasn't he just... He's just decided he's manned yeah he's figured it Chris out Chris Crocker was like all like oh beautiful and I was like oh this is really cool and then all of a sudden it was just like he's a man now I'm a man now <laughs> manly man I'm Batman <laughs> <laughs> hello I'm Eve Miles and I fucking love the geek show yes yes I did it again started talking before I turned my mic on Rob wins the prize Rob like a pro yes being professional today lots of professionalism Moving on, and, uh, television, yeah. Decline of traditional sci-fi, one of Momo's ideas. I like this. I don't, because it's the decline of sci-fi, and that makes me a sad panda. Yeah, it makes me sad. I want Red Dwarf back, the good old days. I want Firefly back, no. man. Firefly. Give me Firefly. Oh, my God, Firefly. <laughs> they're, uh, they're bringing Red Dwarf back, but... Uh, it's going to be terrible. Uh, Firef- did you Red see, did you see the three episodes? The yeah. three terrible... It made me want Terrible to gouge episode. my eyeballs out so with a bad. rusty spoon. <laughs> I, I was drinking a little rusty spoon. I was drinking with the, the two Hollies a couple of weeks ago. Ooh. That was terrifying. <laughs> I thought you were going to say I was drinking heavily and it still didn't improve the episode. <laughs> Have you guys seen the American pilot of Red Dwarf? No. no. Why do you say things that make me sad? <laughs> don't. It's... It, it's well, god awful. I'm going to have to go home tonight. It's and watch on the it. same Please level. Don't. It's on the same level as the Star Wars Isn't Christmas special. Oh god! <laughs> it has oh, American. Oh. Yeah. Israel American is saying. Pilot. I mean, Tucky is saying that Biodome. Uh, Bob, how did you get a job? Something Bill, Bill Clinton. You had sex with the president. Cool. <laughs> what? Yeah. I'll let you figure out what the w- missing word is there. Uh, Spirited away from uh, CM Chris. Always sticks in his mind because it's such an awesome film. Israel, being the typical person that my that my relative is, Spoilers. when Joe dies in Mighty Joe Young. Spoilers. <laughs> Spoilers. Joe dies. <laughs> well done, Israel. Oh, way to make us all cheerful. What's the, the movie with the dog called? Marley and, Marley me. and me. Marley and me. Oh. The dog of Flanders. I think for um, me, it's just like I Am Legend as well, the dog. <laughs> Before I even saw that film, I didn't want to know anything about it. My mom told me about the dog, and I was like, wait, I hate you. That <laughs> is one of the worst movies I have ever seen. Have you seen yeah, the alternative ending? Good. Have you read the book? Yes. No. no, no, no. Right, no. If you haven't read the book, oh you'll enjoy the film. Yeah. If you've read the book, yes. you realise that the film is a steaming pile of turds that should never have been made. As a separate entity. It can't be a separate entity. They take I have too to go much with, from the book. I, I, in all honesty, I, James, I have to go we? with James on this one. Having read the book, the film is... Missing the point? Yeah. I, completely. I Basically. Know, this is just more reasons why Blade Runner is good. Which Blade is Runner why is they awesome. should not make a sequel or a prequel. Leave it alone. Yeah. Yeah, but then there's Prometheus <laughs> and that looks pretty. Prometheus does look pretty epic. Yeah, Avatar looked pretty. It was I Pocahontas in space. True. Fern Gully actually, but you know. Fern Gully Pocahontas. Fern Gully was Pocahontas. I still love Avatar. <laughs> What's this meant to be television? Yes, it's television. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Someone else bringing us back on track. 
I'm a bit depressed at how, you know, sci-fi is kind of, like, winning out these days because everyone oh. wants things like Twilight True and, Blood. and True Blood. I like True Blood, but it's just, it got... I'm annoyed, <laughs> I, I'm annoyed by all the vampires. Oh, I, I kind of did, but it got sucky. Right, okay. Here's a question for you, for you guys. We all know that blood stains quite badly, right? Yeah. yeah. Which means it would stain your teeth quite badly. How is it that all the vampires in True Blood, the Vampire Diaries, Twilight, and all these other things have perfectly shiny white teeth? They use Colgate. Yeah, Colgate sensitive. Yeah, they use Colgate sensitive. (laughs) Vampire magic. Whitening. Yeah, exactly. Vampire magic. Oh, also, it's not real. How about that as well? Well, like gravy is made of blood, and we live in the north, therefore we eat a lot of gravy. Yeah, but it's cooked down. (laughs) There's a difference. Yeah. Maybe because not the way I eat my steak, it's not really. You're still so, still so smooth then? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Well, it would do if I hadn't <laughs> stopped eating meat. See, uh, I just had this mental image of you just driving past a field with cows and suddenly <laughs> jumping out the window and attacking it with your teeth. No, that's what happens when I go feeding ducks. I'm like, oh, but it could be so tasty. <laughs> <laughs> That on the green and he walked past it and asked if I could put it in the oven. <laughs> quacked at me. <laughs> oh, yeah. I was just on the way coming here actually. I got like a, like attacked by like a duck. I didn't get attacked. I just asked if I could put it in the oven. And, and it was just like, oh no, you didn't. <laughs> Television then. <laughs> Battlestar Galactica, proof that you can still make a good sci-fi series. Yeah. Well, what is traditional sci-fi in the first place? Well, traditional sci-fi, that, I think that depends Doctor upon... Who. <laughs> well, for a long time... But you can't really get more traditional than Doctor Who. <laughs> for a long time, a lot of sci-fi was quite sort of pulpy, trashy fiction. Um, obviously, like, you had your base sci-fi movies like uh, Logan's sci-fi. Run and Silent Running, things like that. But And spaceships that were saucers on string. Yeah, and Ooh. everything made from polystyrene. Yes. All the polystyrene sets. And I oh. think... I think obviously there was uh, the slightly more cerebral, like novels, like uh, *Do Android Dream of Electric Sheep*. Most of the Philip K. Dick Lay stuff was brilliant, and um, I just think that people are evolving in the way that they write sci-fi. I think sci-fi is, you know, it's still there. It's just that at the minute, it's not what's in. Superheroes are in. Vampires yeah. are in. Werewolves are in. Yeah. It's the, um, the stage. It goes around the circle. It'll oh. be sci-fi next. Sci-fi was really, really huge when, like, the space race and, like, space as a new and shiny on thing that we can go uh, and explore was all big. But, um, yeah, all the supernatural stuff is kind of back in now. Momo's just pointed out, apparently the new series of Red Dwarf is going back to its roots yeah. um, by using models as opposed to CGI. Yeah, I've, I've heard Which that. is one of the things I always liked about Red Dwarf. No, I, I still, the new, the new episodes were too glossy and shiny for my liking. Even the quality of the film was, was too good, I thought. Do you think it's kind of a nostalgia thing, though, mm-hmm. that we actually prefer... Things that look like they've been made really cheaply. There's too well, much um, like fakery this day, though. There's no hardcore graft anymore. See, well, the Ray Harryhausen's Clash of the Titans was a damn sight better than the recent remake. Yes. Well, but, I mean, take Battlestar Galactica, for example. Have you guys seen the original yes, Battlestar Galactica? Yes, it was pretty bad. Of course. It was god-awful. Yeah. But it was, it was still eminently entertaining. In it a was way, still as well. you'd sit down on a Saturday night to watch. Exactly. It's like watching the, the original Star Trek or something yeah. like that. You'd still sit down and watch it. You might hate yourself afterwards, <laughs> but you'd still sit down and watch it. But then 
the new Battlestar Galactica looked totally, totally slick, totally swish, but they changed everything by putting in like the shaky camera and everything like that, and the dodgy focus. And I disagree. The, the new Battlestar and the old Battlestar are very, very different. The old Battlestar is designed to entertain. Yeah. The new Battlestar. Have you seen the whole series? Yes. Right. The and, the, and the add-ons, which were terrible. The webisodes were just designed to link. It's no, like I mean Caprica, Caprica and stuff like that. Awful. I haven't seen Caprica, but the new series of Battlestar is much more political. It actually challenges the viewer, which the original yes, didn't. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. You know, it's been described as the West Wing in space and all sorts. And I think it is genuinely the best sci-fi that's been on telly in a very, very long time. See, Farscape is still my favourite. I do Farscape. love Farscape. Farscape's fun. But season, the last two seasons were rubbish. No, they weren't. Really? Oh, oh, really? The last five. series, series four? Series four wasn't bad at all. Five it was when they made the childhood. Peacekeeper Wars. That's what killed it. Yeah. I, I, I'm starting to worry about your tastes, Rob. They did four seasons of Farscape. They had to wind it up quick at the, at the end, which is why they had to make the Peacekeeper Wars in the first place. It's the same story with Firefly. Firefly, when you, you know, if, if it had run for four seasons and then been cancelled, because Joss Whedon actually planned it to run longer. And so why did the film, didn't he? Yeah. Which was, oh, okay. the film was pants. Serenity. Yeah, it needed why? to be another two series. Yeah, two exactly. Two. It's Never the same thing explained. with Farscape. You know, uh, everything had to be rushed in the, finals, in the final series. Yeah, even like, Joss Whedon doesn't like Serenity. Yeah, I, I kind of liked it for entertainment purpose, but it felt so quick. Just there wasn't enough information given. I mean, like, at the moment, I think the reason that the, uh, like, traditional sci-fi isn't happening anymore is because what used to be science fiction has become more science factual. Uh, Technology is advancing at such a rate, and the information is so widely available there that... I still don't have a hoverboard, though. I know, which kind of sucks a little bit. But you could. You could have got the Back to the Future little sneakers. They did release those. like If you had several thousand pounds. Yes. <laughs> and they still didn't work. Yeah, they still didn't lace up same. automatically. Didn't they? Apparently oh. not. No, you still do it manually. shattered. Oh, <laughs> I'll just go cry now. <laughs> but yeah, I think I think the lack of traditional sci-fi is simply because like our horizons have been broadened so much. We know more about what's out there. So we know more about what's impossible and improbable. And people try and write more sort of tangible things. I, they write more what they know. Just like, oh, well, we can mix science with this. Like, oh, here's, here's a disease that could kill us all. I can do it's science, like cancer me. And stuff. Yeah, pretty much. I don't know, because the thing is, you know, we're a gaming generation. Now, you look at Mass Effect. Why watch a TV series now when you can spend 100-plus hours playing it? My point, yeah. exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right yeah. the button. This is one of the things that is killing television. And we were actually, I was actually talking about this the other day with Georgina and a couple of other people and saying, you know, why make the movies? You know, why read the books? Because now you can play the game. You can actually take that part and be it in yourself. Yeah, it's like you're there. The, see, it's an interesting thing that uh, you're talking about there because there are a lot of games that have been accused of just you're just playing a movie. Heavy Rain. Final Fantasy. Oh, I love Final Fantasy. <laughs> you don't even have to play that. Stand. Just hold the up analog stick and just sit back. Yeah. That's basically it. You just sit there and go... Mm. Cutscenes. I do. I love cutscenes. Yes, I love them. I want a game made of cutscenes. <laughs> you can get that. It's called... Um, oh, what's it called? Fahrenheit. Oh. <laughs> yeah. you get Fahrenheit. There you go. Game of cutscenes. 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I do get annoyed with how often you have to load screens in uh, every Skyrim. game ever. <laughs> yeah, I love Skyrim, but but when you kind of fast travel. Wait for loading screen. At least Go you get building, the model viewer to play with. Wait for loading screen. Go into new area of building. Wait for loading screen. But, but, Finally do something. But James, remember how it used to be? You used to put the disc in the Amiga, and then you'd go and make a cup of tea, come back, drink no, no, a no, cup no, of no. tea. That was the, the spectrum. Yes. That, was, that, the, that was the spectrum. The disc was fine. It loaded quick. The spectrum was... I had was, the cassette. <laughs> I had the cassette in the Commodore Yes, the cassette. 64. But uh, it had to read the whole cassette, yeah. then load it. Yes. Yeah, for me, Sonic was like my childhood, as I said before. And you just you put you put it in the Sega. There you go. And all you hear is the oh. Sega. You hear that start, and then all of a sudden, it was, you'd have to wait for like twenty minutes to actually <laughs> did it. Did did. Hi, this is Private Dick Simmons from the popular web series Red vs. Blue, and you're listening to the Geek Show. Sarge approves. Yeah, Sarge approves. You turned your mic on this time. Yeah, I did. Good job. I, I, I turned it on, but I also muted it at the same time. I'm having real difficulty. You got halfway with, there. Um, it's the buttons. I can't handle the buttons. How I button. Anyway, moving on. Animation, running on empty. Have animation industries from around the world effectively run out of ideas? Everything's a copy of everything ever made. Avatar, I love it. Perfect example. It's Pocahontas and Fern Gully. <laughs> But Avatar didn't have any Tim Curry, so... Yeah. It loses points there. Yeah, true. I'm not I... sure I want to watch a giant blue Tim Curry run around. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you are no friend of mine. <laughs> I definitely pay to see that. <laughs> I would be there in front of the queue, all my money. Yeah. I'd just be scared. <laughs> just take my money. Just shut up and take it. <laughs> 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 um, oh, yeah. I was going that line, I stop myself. <laughs> so animation. Yes. <laughs> um, it can be drawn. I think no. we, I think we broke her. <laughs> no, I think she broke herself. <laughs> I think stop motion's making a, a break back at the moment. Uh, with obviously Tim Burton's remaking uh, his short film Frankenweenie oh, in stop motion. Oh, Tim Burton. Uh, and then there's also um, another the short film coming out. I can't remember. This is the Ardman Pirate one. No, that is coming out. That there's also really another <laughs> one about um, a young boy who can see the dead and then zombies. Sixth Sense? Yeah, yeah, I was going to say no, Sixth Sense. No. <laughs> um, I see dead people. I cannot for the life of me remember what it's called, but it's another stop motion one. Um, I love stop motion. It just looks it looks very, very interesting. It looks quite fun. But um, it's from the same studio that made Coraline, so it's oh, it's gonna be that. very good. So I've never actually caught that one. And is it yeah. Stop I know I know I need to go or? and you know, flog myself for not having seen Coraline and being a stop motion fan. But you need so much love and patience and yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> See, Mirror Mask I liked. Oh, yeah. I love Mirror Mask. Um, James showed it saying. to me recently. Fell in love. I'm waiting to it's steal amazing. it from them. <laughs> it's, like, it's like Picasso meets Tim Burton meets Alice in Wonderland. Yeah. The way it's, it's quite cool. Then again, it is Neil Gaiman, so. Yeah. yeah. Neil Gaiman might make it somewhat tolerable because they've done the whole Alice in Wonderland thing to death now in movies, I think. Just a quick thing. Adventure Time and Wakfu. According to Tom Cross, they are just examples as to why the animation industry has still got stuff. No, they aren't, Tom. Sorry. 
Wax just copies through, of copies. Through, yes, Adventure Time. Yeah. Well, the makers of Adventure Time are bringing out um, a new animation as well, which is going to be about a set of four space cadets. They made a short animation uh, That's about the My Little Pony people. No. I thought it was. No. Because no, it's his, his like wife does pony. the My Little Pony. No, she's know. doing... Um, Super heroines. She's doing like a thing with Catwoman. Ah, that's, that's what I thought you were talking things. about. No, there's a thing okay. with uh, four space cadets going off and having adventures oh, in cool. space. Space cadets. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. Don't raise your eyebrows. It sounds cool. Yeah. yeah, I'm just a bit confused as to how the space cadets actually fit in. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's just like um, the creators of Adventure Time have made a completely separate. Oh right. Separate. Sorry, uh, I was getting confused. Thing. I thought Adventure Time suddenly had space cadets. It no. might do. It is adventure time. Yeah. I wouldn't put it past him. Yeah. True. Penumble, tumble, dumble, dumb, ward, and his crazy mind. Dumbledore ward. <laughs> yes. I, don't forget, we did have all the cartoon cartoon ones. Mm. I mean, Johnny Bravo was immense. Yeah. <gasps> I love Johnny Bravo. Johnny Bravo was... Oh, they don't make cartoons like that anymore. When, when I was a kid. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Cow and chicken with the really uh, very borderline... When, Comedy. On Cartoon Network, I remember every day it was it was like every day you come in, it was like Johnny Bravo, then it was Dexter's Laboratory, Powerpuff Girls, Cow and Chicken, then Dragon Ball Z. Oh that my. was my childhood. Now see, I feel old because for me it was Transformers, Jason the World Warriors, that sort of stuff. Like my Tucky's from Mars just the mentioned. Tucky's just mentioned Black Rock Shooter, and there's a part of me that's welling up with rage here. I'm just like, oh, <laughs> yeah, let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> I could make everyone rage more if I say, I like my little pony. Major League Ponies. That's fine. <laughs> nobody yeah, minds so Nobody minds you liking Major League Ponies, even my though they were just designed to sell merchandise, which didn't sell because it was liked by it, men it, over the it, age. I'm sorry, it <laughs> didn't sell. It does sell. Um, it sells really, really the well. Thing in the world. <laughs> no, it's like the merchandise, 25-year-old men. That was about to, that's what I was about to say. And that's why it, it didn't sells sell well. to its target market. <laughs> 35-year-old men, yeah, I'll sorry, have you I'm know corrected. I don't own anything from Major League Bodies. Liar! <laughs> <laughs> are you, are you, seen it's his house. True. Rob, are you telling us you're not a brony? Yes, I am. Oh, okay. He is I'm actually a sat collector. here wearing a My Little Pony t-shirt, He's dressed guys. as Twilight Sparkle. That's, I mean, he got, he got a, out of his Lady Gaga and spied out for him before with a tinsel, and now he's wearing that like, My Little Pony t-shirt with, like, little Hang on. Just his, his costume changes were put Lady Gaga <laughs> to shame. Just because I'm standing in for Harry does not mean I have to wear the outfits. Hey man, no one asked you to do it. You just turned up with your own, you know, yeah, ensemble. Yeah. It's I mean, every time a music plays, an outfit change. <laughs> 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 well, it's a horrible thing to call Harry Twilight Sparkle. <laughs> Which one is he? Twilight. Though? Twilight Sparkle is <laughs> in Twilight the Vampires, or Twilight Sparkle is in My Little Pony. Ah, okay. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> So, anyway, back on topic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are they running out of ideas or not? I don't think so. I mean, it's the same as any other creative industry. I think at the moment, the whole creative industries are all running on empty. Yeah. There's not a lot coming out anywhere that's particularly original. So to single out any one isn't really fair. Hollywood's producing crap. Excuse my language. Um, <laughs> you know, Hollywood's producing a load of rubbish. Most television series are feeling cliched or dated you've got it with all of them we just need generally a whole new fresh infusion of ideas i think the only fresh thing i've seen in the last few years that stopped was the mighty boosh and that didn't go anywhere 
Yeah. Not, you say this, but then no you look at Noel Fielding's work. luxury comedy, and then you want to oh, pull God. your hair out. Oh my God! God watch yeah. that. Just, no, I just, I'm looking at it. I'm just like, how is anyone giving this yeah, man money? The radio show, the radio show, the radio show was amazing, very, very funny. and the first series was amazing, and then the second series it was and like then, yeah. fame and drugs happened. Yeah. I remember yeah. sitting on the sofa, looking forward to watching the first episode of the second series. My mum comes in, she goes, "Oh, is this the Mighty Boosh?" Because I watched the first series and. And she was like, I haven't seen any of this. I'm like, it's, it's going to be really good. It's going to be really funny. And we sit down and it happens. And it's just like, you know those moments where you sit down and you're watching something with your parents and you're just like, I'm really embarrassed that my parents think this is what I enjoy watching. And I'm so ashamed of myself. They became the very things that they ridiculed. Yeah. 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 Shame, really. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Noel Fielding's luxury comedy is, terrible. in fact, a badass trip. It's terrible. Mm. I... I yeah. used to really like the little drawings and animations within the series. Yeah, and but then just Channel 4 gave him a budget and he just went, God. well then. <laughs> I mean, Ch- Channel 4 will lose it and then Channel 5 will buy it, I swear. The thing that, that I'm <laughs> finding... Archer. Yeah. Okay, Archer is amazing. Yeah. Archer gets my full endorsement. I find that... Um, I've been to Jet. <laughs> like, sort of non-Sky, so like non-Cartoon Network, cartoon programming... Obviously, it's going to be aimed at kids, because it always is. But the BBC and ITV produced is so incredibly just lacking in any form of imagination or effort at all. I remember when I was a kid, it was all like animals of Farlingwood and things, and it had these big storylines. Before we go on to a quick pick of the geek, I just want to bring this up. Uh, Last week, or was it the week before? I think it was around the 25th of February... Fox News, uh, there's a guy on Fox News Channel, comes out and says that the Lorax is some, has some liberalist, environmentalist messages, and so does Arietti by Ghibli. So, what? Arietti? Yeah, yeah, Fox News is claiming that a movie made in, an animated movie made in Japan for a Japanese market based on a book that came out in the 1950s has liberalist messages against modern day politics. Yeah, all right, whatever. We can only hope <laughs> any all, all message against is, modern politics is a good thing. You, 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 you said Fox News, and I immediately went, right then, okay. Yes. <laughs> yeah, um, Fox News may, may as well go around all day going, it's the gays and the Jews, no, etc., etc. Yeah, sure. What, you mean alongside their friends in the Daily Mail? Yeah. Fox News. So Does so Fox PM. News cause cancer? <laughs> <laughs> Right, anyway, um, Pick of the Geek, then. Your favourite creative or imaginative animation? Ooh, this is tough. I know I'm a stereotype, but anything by Tim Burton when it comes to... Akira. Stop-motion animation. Anything by Tim Burton, Akira. See, I'd actually watch that. Akira by Tim Burton would be immense. It (laughs) would. Exactly. Old-school Tim Burton as well. Oh, yeah. See, mine's got to be um, a really old Canadian animation, hand-drawn one, called The Man Who Planted Trees. It was one that uh, my parents showed me once, and it was just beautifully put together, just absolutely stunning, and I just don't think that there's that much hand-drawn animation out there anymore, and it needs to be brought back. It's a rarity these days. I do like Ponyo as well. Ponyo? Okay. Ponyo. (laughs) Billy's Balloon, guys. Look it up on YouTube. Oh, God, no. (laughs) See, when she said ponyo, I heard the word pony again. Pony. No. <laughs> That's because you've got ponies on the brain. I don't, it's just... Clip, clop, look at your hooves. 
Right? Hey? <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, he's wearing high heels now, guys. Um, high heels. I'm probably going to say that the stuff that's actually, oh, what is this, the most imaginative and creative, the stuff that's impressing me the most because um, <laughs> spending a lot of time on places like Tumblr, uh, you get to see, without actually having to go looking for them, if you just sit there and you follow the right people, a lot of the animation coming out of schools, like French animation schools and the Canadian yeah. ones and the California ones, and you sit there and you're just like, this is one person's final grad film. It's amazing. How has he done it? Oh, it's all drawn entirely by hand. I, I hate myself. I hate myself so much. I'm not, I've got no talent. I'm, I'm going to die alone. Uh, <laughs> speaking good. of uh, Tumblr found artists, have you seen any of uh, Darian Brenner's stop-motion work? Possibly. She's a Royal Darren like art school student and she's done a lot of quite out there sci-fi horror short films and quite a few very very interesting stop motion pieces you may have to look them up because I love stop motion (laughs) see I'm going to go with uh, one that's it's an anime called Senko Roll and none of us are surprised Rob no no it's an anime uh, hang on it's made by one guy and it's all about a boy a girl an amorphous blob that can change into pretty much anything and a fight. And that's oh, basically Japan. it. Oh, Japan. Let's put it this way. You know the King Kong, King Kong scene where he's carrying the girl and he's about to climb, and he's basically you know, just wandering around carrying the girl. They have that, but in this case, it's the girl inside a giant pudding carrying the boy. Pudding. Yes. It's going there. Pudding. Yes, exactly. <laughs> anyway, same roll for me. Hello, I'm Eve Miles, and I f***ing love the geek show. That was Phil there, playing the same tag. Again. Like a boss. Hi, I'm Phil. Yes, just play them all, all at once. Um, moving on, because gra- we are coming to the end of the show. Uh, graphic literature, Bleach is coming to an end. Yay. But <laughs> yeah. what, could, what could replace it? Um, is there I- anything that could replace it? It's been supporting the, you know... The manga industry for you say this like many many years. What One Piece and Naruto and all the other shows? They're the mainstay. No, Naruto, One Piece, and Bleach have been the mainstays of the manga industry for years. I think um, something will step in. Something else will step in because when I was younger, it was all about Angel Sanctuary, and that's like my favorite of all time one. And not mm. many people know it because it was drowned out by things like Naruto and uh, like Naruto. Yeah, See, I know, I know Angel, Angel Sanctuary, Sanctuary but you know. It, it as far didn't as last I under- as long as it was meant to. Because I was, was going to say, because out. it never, uh, as I recall, it was never actually as big as something like Ranma. It was, it was like 23, uh, maybe more. Hmm. Um, but originally it was meant to go on to like 40, 50. Yeah. But because of um, like Naruto and everything. Ah, uh, right, the yeah. It's just kind of went, look, I don't want to deal with this. And I loved it. But I'd like to think, I mean, I'm not the biggest manga expert in the world. But yeah. Just in terms of art and uh, being having the opportunity to set, get something published, I'd like to think it's a good opportunity oh, for yeah. these people to go right. Let's get some good new talent, but exactly. they're probably not going. No, to. they won't because I mean, Hollywood movie for Bleach. <laughs> go down. Yeah, the... with an all-American cast. Lol. Yeah. Let's make it like Dragon Ball, shall we? Let's that's make it what, like that's what Bleach <laughs> deserves. What are they doing? What is it they're doing? Uh, well, the Akira movie yeah, where God, they said, God, "Oh no, we're, we're having an American God, one." God, no, it's God. coming back. Oh, no. They've reinstigated it, oh. and they've announced cast members in the Royal American white people. Yep. Oh, God. Yes. Maybe a bit sad, want to too. I do on this planet anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing to do here. Yeah. I, have a, has anyone heard of a series called Beelzebub? Yes. Yes. 
See, that's one of the, that's one of the front runners for taking over from Bleach at the yeah. moment. There's that, and then there's like Gintama and uh, Gintama's been around for a long yeah. time. But, um, Sket Dance. Sket Dance, yeah. Sket Dance but the thing is, Sket Dance, it's not as popular as uh, Beelzebub, though. That's the mm. problem. Uh, Beelzebub seems to have an edge on Sket Dance because Sket Dance is a bit more random. Yeah. It's a bit more like Gintama, so it's more of an acquired taste. Yeah. There's an interesting one that started recently, though which may end up running for several seasons rather than a long-running series, which is The Night in the Area. not heard of it. It's a football one. See, uh, there's not really been any long-running sports proper ones. Football or proper football? Proper football. Oh, proper not American football, football like iShield. So like Giant Killing, then? Like Giant Killing. At the moment, I've been reading and watching uh, The World God Only Knows. That's been the one that I've been... Yeah, in things, but again, that's coming to an end as well. I know, which is upsetting. I uh, I tend to like look on um, DeviantArt for a lot of um, upcoming artists most of the times, and I'm really hoping um, that the guy who does the anima work um, on DeviantArt, you can find him on DeviantArt, um, and he does this amazing artwork. I'm really hoping that he goes deeper into the manga industry because his art looks incredible. It's, it's when M on DeviantArt. Something like that. Hmm. But he was considering making um, a manga of his designs. I think if people like that who have their own designs could probably make it. Okay. Hmm. See, that would be an interesting one. I'd like to see a bit more variety, though. Yeah, me too. You know. I'd just like to see giant robots. Yeah. <laughs> see, I'm fine with this. I'm fine with this because there aren't any at the moment, except for maybe Frankie from One Piece. I remember the day when it was all about Dumbledore and everything. Oh, yes, I remember those days. Anyway, we are pretty much at the end of the show. Uh, thanks for joining us, guys. It's been a pleasure having you on the show. Come to Nemecon, we love you all. Yes. Anyway, um, I did have an announcement to make. There is a gig. Actually, Phil, should just be outside. If you can get me it. Might be on the right. Re- might be on the. Uh, we are so professional right yes. now, you guys. Just check us out, man. Yeah, anyway, um, if you want to get in touch with us, you can email us at thegeekshow, uh, studio at thegeekshow.co.uk. Uh, hashtag us uh, on Twitter, hashtag thegeekshow. Uh, catch us on the shoutbox on thegeekshow.co.uk as well. Uh, there is a gig, Make a Move, plus support bands uh, Jacques and the Giants and the Cordells are playing on Wednesday, the 21st of March. Tickets are 3 50 or on the door at £5. Starts at 8 at Liberties in Town. Um, Are you guys going to give us a quick shout out for when NEMA actually yeah. is and where the can pre-con. people get tickets? There's, there's the Man March pre-con. pre-con. NEMACON is running on the 23rd and 24th of June at Middlesbrough Town Hall. You can either get tickets via our website, which is www.nemacon.com, or you can go to the Town Hall and buy them from the box office. And don't forget that on Saturday we have our Mad March pre-con. Tickets are on the door, price £1.50, and it's at the St Mary's Centre at the bottom end of Middlesbrough Town. So okay. Check out that website as well. It is snazzy pants. It's yes, yes. Um, that's pretty much us. Uh, that's the end of the show. Uh, thanks Yay. for tuning in. Um, Nothing's on fire. Everyone yes. did very well. Yes, and we'll see you all next week. Uh, from me, Rob. Me, Morty. And the Nemecon guys. Yeah. <laughs> <Yay>! <laughs> Radio Silence. Yes, see you all next week. <laughs>
For over 28 years, Aflac has been a champion, donating over $168 million to fight pediatric cancer and blood disorders, including sickle cell disease. This December, Aflac proudly joins 97.1 Wash FM and Children's National Hospital for the annual Wash for Kids Radiothon. Mark your calendars for December 14th and 15th for a heartwarming 14-hour live broadcast where you can join Aflac in their efforts to support the miracle work happening at Children's National. Save the date, tune in, and be a part of something extraordinary with Aflac.